Hey, welcome to the Coffee and Creative Leadership Podcast, a weekly reflection on creative leadership and team culture development. I'm your host, Nikki Lucas, and for the next five to 10 minutes, my goal is to share a leadership concept and prompt that will inspire you to become a more intentional leader this week. So let's jump into the episode. Welcome, everyone. This is episode seven of the Coffee and Creative Leadership Podcast. Thanks for joining me again as we dig into another topic. Well, for this week's leadership concept and prompt, we're going to talk about this big concept that everyone likes to throw around, and that's the concept of culture, okay? Now, we normally start the podcast out by looking at a definition together, but we're not going to do that, and that's because uh, starting with a definition for culture is, is really kind of hard because everyone has their own definition for it, but Uh, To sum it up, okay, when it comes up to what I believe culture is, I would say this. It's all about what you value and how what you value leads to what you do. So healthy team culture is informed by the past, the present, and prospects of the future. But how do you bring it all together to actually build a healthy team culture? And we're going to dig into this topic in just a moment. And to help me do this, I've invited my new friend, Mark Miller, co-author of the book, Culture Built My Brand, The Secret to Winning More Customers Through Company Culture. So if you're wondering why the length of this episode is longer than 5 to 10 minutes, that's why. But don't worry, okay, the extra time will be well worth it. I had a great conversation with Mark about this topic. So without further delay, let's get into the interview. Welcome, Mark. Thanks for joining us on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Great to be here. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to chat about the topic of building a healthy culture. It's close to my heart, and obviously it is to you and Ted Vaughn as well, considering you both co-authored a book about it. And we're going to jump into it, but before we do, I I would love for you to tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, your story, like what you do and how you got to where you are today. Yeah, so uh, I am a partner in Historic Agency, Uh, so we're a brand strategy firm, Um, but I started... uh, my career out as a uh, volunteer in church and kind of grew uh, doing media and communications and and eventually marketing um, and then went to the tech sector and then got involved in nonprofit work um, as missional work is really close to my heart you know things that are more cause driven figuring out you know how do we make the world a better place and uh, started my own agency and really this book came from uh, in COVID, um, realizing it was just, you know, like most, for most organizations, COVID was a stress tester and we realized the culture we had wasn't the culture we wanted. It wasn't the culture that was representative of who we were. Um, and so we started to have to think about, okay, how do we, all the consulting and all the strategy we give to other clients or our clients, how do we do that for ourselves? And uh, we started researching this topic about culture and brand and how the, the how great brands are really driven more by organizational culture or company culture than they are by uh, a marketing strategy or design strategy. And, and so we started actually ourselves turning our own organization around and making changes and understanding, you know, the way I perceive the definition of one word isn't the same way someone else perceives the definition of that word and having to unpack all that and how do we build alignment among our team and uh, really uh, hold true to our values, which um, 
is uh, easy in the good times and more difficult in the in the rough times. But that's why they're values. They're the things that you decide to do when it's hard. Uh, and so, yeah, that's how that's how we got to here in the book. Yeah, that's awesome. We we really did. We all were stretched during COVID to kind of throw the 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 textbook out and kind of start start fresh and say what 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 do we need to do with this right right yeah totally <laughs> figure it out on the fly yeah all right so culture built my brand is a collection then of both yours and ted's years of experience brought forth through really intentional writing and examples and best practices there's a ton of good in this book and one of the things i noticed though is that you guys go out of your way to clearly define what you mean when you refer to an organization's brand and their culture. So in the book, you write, your brand isn't what you say it is, it's what you do. That's where culture comes into play. Culture deeply influences what you do, how your employees behave, and make decisions. So have you guys found that organizations get confused with these terms? Yeah, so um, more more and more today, companies and organizations, nonprofits, they are understanding brand a little bit better, but they're understanding brand probably five to 10 years ago, right? Where it's not what we say it is, it's what our customers say it is, right? That's your brand, it's your reputation. And while that is very much true and a huge fan of Marty Neumeyer, so if you haven't read any of his books on the subject of brand or design thinking and innovation, creativity, he's a genius. But where we challenge that thought is the reason people say something about you and the way, the reason you have a reputation is based on your behavior. and where companies or organizations or nonprofits get it really wrong is on, so it's a little confused on the brand side, but where they get it wrong is usually on the culture side because they they tie culture to a belief system and not a behavior, like how their employees behave. So usually senior leaders tend to think, oh, we have a great culture because we have these amazing values that are like leadership and integrity. And, and while their entire employee base is looking at those things in the bathroom on a wall, not really understanding how they apply to their everyday work, go about their business and just excuse them. And they don't actually see how they're lived out because again, we see values and we get into the book about this, but values are beliefs, right? And really what drives your uh, brand is is how your employees behave, how they budget money, um, how they hire, how they fire, what projects they decide to do, what products get promoted, what messaging gets uh, created. Um, what is, what are priorities, you know, how how they treat each other. That's all behavior based, um, not necessarily belief based. That's good. Now, I think one of the things that I picked up on too is, is you guys talk about the values being different than principles. Can you, can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So just kind of what I was alluding to there, um, was that values or beliefs and what we we define um, as principles are the behavior, right? So we need to change the language of values to, okay, what's something that's behavior? And that's where we came up with um, principles. Uh, other people use the same concept too of, of principles being more behavior-based. And so what organizations need to do if they're like thinking about, okay, our culture isn't where we want it to be. We want to improve our culture or maybe it's even unhealthy. Um, or it's not aligned to our brand, you know, we're not keeping the promise we're making to our staff or our customers, is to look at your values and write out um, what it means to be a behavior. Like, what does that actually mean um, as a behavior? So 
uh, as an example for us, one of our values is being people centered. And we say, we describe that as not just the way we interact with, um, our clients or our, how we design websites or brand where they're, they're designed around people. Um, but we design our internal systems that way we design our hiring process that way. Everything mm -hmm. about historic is designed around people. So our work schedules, um, the freedom and flexibility we give people is because they need freedom and flexibility because things happen in our lives. Right. So we're, we're taking, we're having empathy or we're, we're using design thinking to think about how we want all of those things to work. And so that's a value of ours and that's, we write it out in a behavior. So there's an expectation that everything you do from the way you interact with the team, to the customers needs to be designed for people first and not the other way around where systems kind of are, we're, we're serving the systems. So if you've ever been in a large organization, you'll know that right away. Like, why does it take so long to do an expense report? Or why is it so difficult to do this? Uh, because you're serving a system and, and the, ser the system is not serving the people, if that makes sense. Yeah, I'm really glad that you said that because I have a great example of this that I experience on a regular basis uh, with the system that my team and I use. And, you know, it works great for a lot of people, but for our team, it's hard to track in a way that uh, things in a way that allow us to see where we are at a glance. And so while we do track stuff in that system, we also keep a separate Google spreadsheet that we can drop things into. And honestly, it, it, it just, you know, it's more work, right. you know, the system isn't, isn't serving us. And that's a great example of like human behavior, right? Is to take the least resistance route, right? Yeah. And so we're not actually, we, we start making these decisions that we think are best interest, but really they end up not being because people don't follow that system because they're going with what is going to be the easier option. Um, so yeah, that's a great example. So on the Confident Creative Leadership Podcast, my my hope is to provide creative leaders and aspiring leaders with practical ways to kind of help lead teams and, and develop a healthy culture. And so along those lines, I love what you wrote in chapter one. You said, as a leader, you shape your culture by what you say and do, no matter if you're intentional about it or not. Now, you kind of alluded to that, like with some of the systems and stuff. But that line to me was gold because to, to just even realize that you're shaping culture, whether you realize it or not, or whether you're intentional about it or not, is a big thing. And so can you, can you speak to anything else about that for us? Yeah, like so um, a culture, you don't realize how good or how bad, dysfunctional or just unique or what the, how the culture actually is until you're removed from it. It is like... Lots of people have said this, it's like a fish in, in water doesn't know that it's in water until it's out of water. And um, that's true to culture. And again, learning the hard way as a, as a young leader and then a young entrepreneur, um, figuring out that the things that I'm doing that I, I think are fine because I'm doing them influence everyone else around me, whether I want them to behave that way or not, right? And so, um, a good example is when we send Slack messages and when you send an email, um, you know, I am a night owl, so I tend to, you know, send stuff at night and I've had to adjust yeah. that because it's, it, it says, it sets an expectation for your team that isn't uh, healthy, which is, well, he's expecting me to one, either respond to that message in the middle of the night or two, that we should be working that, uh, uh, that late. And so I've, I've tried to realize, okay, as the leader, the person who has the influence or the authority or the power, it's my responsibility to build a bridge to those who don't, right? And so what I have to do is learn, okay, I can't do that. But even though that 
there's going to be times where I do, it's going to just because the way my brain works as creatives, right? We like want to get ideas out. When I onboard employees now, I walk them through like, okay, here's my healthy behaviors here are my unhealthy behaviors. And these are the expectations for you in both of those, right? So when I have unhealthy behaviors, my expectation is for you to call me mm -hmm. out on that. Um, and you have freedom to do that. But also like for certain things, like I'm going to slack you at 10 o'clock at night. My expectation is that you do not respond mm -hmm. to that slack. I am getting thoughts out and that is for you to check in the morning when, or whenever you have time, it, um, unless, you know, there's an emergency and it's tagged urgent and we have a, a process for that in communication mm -hmm. when, you know, something happens. But, uh, and so it's, it's interesting because as we bring on, as we grow and we bring on new employees in our agency, they're like, no one's ever told us this stuff before. Right. Like no one, my, I've never had a boss that walks me through like, this is how this is my default communication mode and what I'm working on and what, what I struggle with and like walking them through how to interact. And, um, it's been refreshing, uh, in some cases and a hard pill to swallow in other cases. Cause I like, you know, we, we even do that. Right. So you may not be aware as a leader of what the culture is going on around you. Um, and so when I do one-on-ones with my team, I will schedule a one-on-one -on -one that is purely their feedback for me. So it's a, it is a blank check to say whatever you want about me and, and my leadership and the company and what I'm doing, because I need to know what's going on so that I can adjust. Yeah. Right. Cause we don't always see, um, ourselves in every angle. And so as leaders, everything you do, whether you realize it or not, the, the way you communicate to somebody, when you communicate to somebody. Um, and that's what kind of the book is about is, is how are you integrating your, what, what you value into your everyday, uh, work and how you operate your organization, how you, or how you run your organization, how you lead it, what your team is doing. Um, and so when that, that there's a gap there, people just interpret your behavior how they want. Right. And so my behavior by posting Slack messages and emails at 11 o'clock at night is we should all stay up that late and work. Right. Um, and that's not appropriate. Yeah. So I have to put myself in check and I, that's something I still struggle with. And so, um, you know, so I just write Evernotes now and I, I just like put it, send it to him later. <laughs> yeah, they do later. But, um, cause you know, when I inspiration strikes, you gotta, you gotta write that down. Um, yeah, so yeah, I don't know. Now I'm rambling, but that kind of gets you like an idea of like, okay, that we are influencing people, especially yeah. as leaders, like, um, oh, we're leaders because we have a team and I can, I can, but, there, you have influence in all these other areas that you probably aren't even paying attention to. Yeah. But your team is, right? Yeah, exactly. And, you know, there's a part in the book where um, you guys actually give a very simple example of this, but it's so important. Um, it has to do with snacks. And the fact that Ted calls you out in the book for being someone who likes to drink Dr. Pepper and deep <laughs> Twizzlers uh, as your snack food, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I would think red vines. Okay. But people confuse the Twizzlers and red vines, and there's a big... There's a big like, um, you know, it's like pineapple on pizza. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a very divisive topic in our in our agency. I can believe it. But but in the book, you guys talk about this this concept of um, an organization providing snacks, uh, healthy snacks, yeah. uh, sweet snacks, um, to to their team um, to say, hey, instead of going off site we've got stuff for you here. If you want to yeah. snack on something or nibble on something and yeah. it's, it's here for you. And that's so simple and so important. It's simple yet, 
even that act, right, is complex because what kind of snacks do you provide? Because like, you know, Ted uh, calls me out um, in the book uh, is, is it healthy or unhealthy? Yeah. Right. Like, is it, are you providing options? Um, are you, you know, you could be general, you could be like, we're just gonna buy the cheapest stuff, put it out there. That's unhealthy for our team. And that's going to have an effect on them. Right. Cause if they're eating stuff that's full of sugar and they come down from their sugar high, they going to be productive. Yeah. Probably not. Right. Um, so there's a balance of like understanding, okay, what are our values and how are we going to represent them? Um, so like <laughs> good or bad, we have uh, water in our fridge or like little, like, you know, fridge underneath the counter. Mm-hmm. Um, called liquid death i don't know if anyone's seen that but it's uh, like it's a it's like uh it looks like an energy drink but it's like sparkling water or like just regular water okay but it looks like a a 40 ounce can um and it has like tattoo art all over it but um so that's like us trying to merge the two like yeah we want to we want to be cool but we also want to be healthy right so yeah I, i i would say my team values, we, we have both. The va- we value the healthy and the unhealthy because you just need something sweet. So like yeah. the, the day that I read that part in the book, I walked into the office and on the counter was 7-Up, Dr. Pepper, Bubbly. They had a box of uh, Mott's uh, mixed fruit snacks. And then they had a bunch of like protein packs like with cashews and cheese and cranberries and I just laughed and I was like, well, there we go. That's, that's the best of both worlds right there. They got to have yeah, their right. sweets and they got to have their, their yeah. health. If we, we have diet, we have, I think Mountain Dew Zero in the fridge right next to all the like LaCroix too. Yes. So it's a, it's, it's a mix, but those are, you know, the simplest things like, that's right. um, we, we talk, I think in the book too, I don't know if you, you saw the, um, uh, travel pizza. So when our yeah. team, when someone on our team has to leave and go, do work with a client on site. Uh, we buy uh, takeout pizza, or it could be anything, but we call it travel pizza. Um, the first night they're gone for their family at home, so that that there's a little less of a burden there, right? All those little things, and that doesn't cost it. I mean, that's like what 30, 40 bucks. Mm-hmm. It doesn't cost a ton of money, um, but it communicates your values in a very like direct, behavior-based way. Like people yes. are seeing it lived out. And so they know how to behave and mm-hmm. they know how to treat each other. They know how to treat your customers or um, your stakeholders, your congregation, whoever it might be, right? They, they know how to do that because they're seeing it and they're experiencing it firsthand and they can replicate it. Yeah. I, I think that's a really, it's a really pretty picture of how to serve people well. You know, like you're serving your, your, your employee by saying, hey, don't worry, your family's taken care of for the night. But then when that family receives that, it's like, oh, Wow, they they yeah. they actually care about all of us, not just yeah. the per like not just my wife or my husband who works for them. Um, right. That's yeah. that's really cool. Uh, so yeah, I, and that and that's part of like realizing um, when you're trying to build a healthy culture or on brand culture, what we call a marquee culture. That's like drawing attracting yeah. talent. You're you're hiring the whole person, whether you know you want to or not, right? So their family, um, their you know their good things and they're bad things, right? The whole person is coming to that work. And so, um, there's lots of companies that are taking stances on whether you should be involved in that, like Basecamp and Coinbase and Shopify, uh, where they're cutting all that stuff out, but we're doubling down and saying, like, if we care about, if people centered is one of our values, mm-hmm. then how do we live that out? And so at Christmas time, we had a little staff retreat where we took the team away and, um, 
with COVID and everything, we had everyone testing and stuff, but some people had to end up staying home or because of travel things couldn't come. And it was for the employee plus their spouse or a significant other. And so we bought flowers for everyone who could not come, including the spouses. Mm -hmm. Right. And so to your point, you know, um, one of our employees, their, their wife was home and having a girl's night because he was out with us and she couldn't come because of work. And, uh, the flowers came and it had a note that said, you know, sorry, you, we miss you. Wish you could be here. Sorry, you had to work or whatever. Um, and you know, I could, he actually called her to make sure that she got the flowers cause she never texted him. And you could hear, I could hear in the background, like our company never sends us like my husband's <laughs> company never sends us flowers. Like, like they're getting all upset about it. And that was like kind of a pride, like I just really proud of our team yeah. for thinking through that and executing that. And, and, you know, they, they feel loved and cause you know, in every job there's going to be highs and lows. And when you yeah. can create a culture where people remember why they're here, in those low times, um, or those challenging moments or those opportunities that you need them to take a hill, they're going to put the extra effort in because they remember the why, cause they've experienced it. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good, Mark. All right. Well, you mentioned just a little bit ago about a marquee culture and you guys kind of walk through aspects of that in the book. Do you want to kind of go through some of those briefly? Yeah, give I can, I can uh, break them down. There's, there's, it can get kind of long, but I'll, I'll do my best to yeah. quickly go through it. But our concept, uh, what we call marquee culture, is basically marquee being, you know, the bright sign, lit sign on a on a theater um, that draws attention and, and crowds in. Um, marquee culture is that where your culture is so bright that it is um, attracting both your customers and your talent, right, your team uh, employees to you because it's it's big and bright, right. And we have lots of examples in the book, but we we Although we talk about Netflix and Patagonia and other companies with, you know, some un- unhealthy or healthy, they're bright and on brand and they, they stand for a set of values, whether you agree with those values or not is, is to be de- determined. But we also talk about small businesses, right, from a barbershop down the street that's doing the same thing. And so what we found is in our research between the big companies and the small companies, nonprofits, for-profits, um, all of them had these six same things and they had different language for what these six things were but all of them did these six things and so those six are principles where they had again we just talked about that Mm -hmm. values defined as behavior so it was really clear what the behavioral expectation was for the company and they were generally differentiated so they weren't integrity leadership they were more unique like ours being people-centered um so when you think about that you know principles or values should be unique like a riverbank each river is unique is different and so they they should be unique that way they shouldn't be something another organization should have um uh, architecture uh that's the term we use um to talk about uh organizational systems and structures so that could be org chart that could be budgeting that could be how you hire and how you fire how you evaluate well a surprising fact is that we found those without marquee culture had generic interview or uh, evaluation processes. Um, And those with marquee culture had um, evaluations that were based on their principles or values, right? So they were actually evaluating whether their employees were living out the organizational values or not. So that's, we call that architecture, just like a house. There's all these systems like HVAC, electric um, uh, plumbing that you don't see, 
that make the house work, right? So that's mm-hmm. architecture. Um, rituals is a fun one. We noticed that um, there were experiences that create the brand or brand experiences that employees were able to uh, um, feel, touch, and see um, that reinforced what was most important. So in the book, we give this example of uh, NASA, which has one of the most fun ones. Um, NASA's Jet Propulsion Laboratory in uh, Pasadena uh, does an annual com- uh, pumpkin carving contest, and it's it's grassroots. It's The government doesn't pay for it. It's done at lunch on their break. Uh, but these rocket engineers, which is what the Jet Propulsion Laboratory is, is for, is to design rockets, um, they make pump like the pumpkins they carve. I suggest everyone Google it because it is like crazy mad scientist pumpkins. Um, but that lets them experience, right? When you, you have to be resourceful, you have to come up with ways to do things that are unique in that environment. And that's really important because if you've ever seen Apollo 13, when you're in space, there's no like Walmart or Lowe's, you have to solve problems in real time with what you have. And so you, they need a creative aspect, um, or muscle, I should say that, uh, they can build and exercise and use when they need it. Uh, the next layer, uh, is lore and lore is one, again, going back to this, like culture idea, uh, is everyone, every organization has lore, right? So good or bad, there are stories that your employees are telling or customers that are telling about your organization and you may or may not know them. Mm -hmm. And the point of lore is to, to cultivate positive lore by listening to your people, uh, fostering a culture that, and that reflects your brand. So, um, a great example is how Patagonia for a while was having, uh, their founder, Yvonne Chouinard, before he retired, teach people how to make the piton that started Patagonia. So he would show them how to forge with the original forge that he used to make this metal reusable piton that goes in the rock wall when you're climbing that you hook onto. Um, and everyone learned the story about this idea of the first reusable, you know, uh, climbing gear and how that spurred on this idea of, you know, sustainability and environmentally safe products and the whole reuse thing. Now you can send your jacket to Patagonia and they'll fix it and send it back to you. Right. That's all lore that they, mm-hmm. that they, um, was true, but they kind of elevated, right. And put at top of mind. So every organization has it. Um, so that's lore, right? Uh, vocabulary. Another thing we noticed is, so this is the next layer is vocabulary. They Companies and organizations would develop um, unique words that pointed back to their values, right? So um, uh, for Netflix, as an example, they have a lot of these. Um, sunshining is a word that they use. Everyone knows what it means. And that's basically when you fail, your job is to teach you the lessons learned to your team, right? And it's not to shame people, but it is to learn and because they really appreciate failure because they need to move faster than anyone else in the in their their space. And the way they do that is by learning from each other. And so everyone has to do sunshining. Um, and even uh, Reed Hastings, the founder, had to do that when he tried to do Quickster and that whole thing fell apart. And so he had to do his own sunshining. So like that is like, um, oh, vocabulary. Um, but that's to point back to your value system, right? Come up with words that insiders know that point back to your, your values, your principles. Um, artifacts is, uh, the last one. That's the fun one. That's like the physical 
um, uh, way that people interact with your brand. So mm -hmm. that could be environment. So um, there's a startup in Arizona or not a startup, a tech company in Arizona called Keep. It's a CRM. They have a football like AstroTurf uh, in their office and that's where they hold their team meetings. And that's to remind people of the value of leaving it all on the field. So if you have to meet your staff meeting is on a football field every week, you're going to know, Hey, I need to leave everything. I leave it all in the field. I need to put 110% into what I'm doing. Um, but it, it doesn't have to be that extravagant, right? It could be as simple as, um, illustration on a wall or a physical, like we do for our clients when we do brand strategy and work and implementation, we'll do decks of cards, like custom cards that have, um, instead of playing cards, it'll be like their values or, um, ways they should interact with people or things that are important or phrases, um, things like that, um, or intentionally designed swag. So I have a whole soapbox on swag and how no one really wants to wear your logo anywhere. But, um, what they do want to be reminded of is again, those beliefs, those things that matter. So at historic, one of our phrases that we use is do more good. And so we have enamel pins, um, that we hand out to each new staff member says do more good. Um, and that's a reminder, uh, for them to do that in their personal life and at work. And hopefully the work that they do here is doing more good. So to quick recap, there's six layers. The reason we call them layers is they build on each other. Uh, so six layers of marquee culture, principles, architecture, rituals, lore, and vocabulary and artifacts. So that was a lot. That was, it was all good. And you know, what I love so much about each one of those is that it's, they're very practical. They're very intrinsic, right? But sometimes you just don't, they don't come to the forefront of our minds until we actually stop and think about them or unless somebody says it. And then it's like, oh, you have these aha moments, you know? And, and I think each chapter gave me various aha light bulb type moments. And I appreciate, I really do appreciate the guy, the value that you guys bring to creative leadership and developing healthy culture in the book. And, and I, what I really appreciate is that you guys actually went the extra mile and you created a workbook that yeah. people can use to kind of assess their brand against mm -hmm. the marquee, like the aspects of a marquee culture. And uh, I, I, you just don't see that very often. Yeah, we, we're basically giving you all the tools that people pay us tens yeah. of thousands of dollars to walk them through it, for free. It was amazing. And, and I just, it, it just expressed to me that, that, you guys care, you know what I mean? And so I, I really appreciate that. So if everyone who, who is listening, uh, I totally recommend that you check out the book and learn more at uh, culturebuiltmybrand.com. And, you know, what are some of the other places that people can kind of get to know more about you guys and kind of track along with what you and, and Ted are up to? Yeah, they can check uh, our blog out at historicagency.com slash blog. Um, and I'm on LinkedIn, uh, Mark Miller. Uh, Mark Michael Miller might be easier to find me because there's a lot of Mark Millers out there. Um, and Ted is uh, also on LinkedIn and feel free to rat, uh, reach out. Um, we are always happy to connect with people and share our thoughts and learn from others as well. So, Yeah. All right, well, before we leave, uh, after exploring a leadership concept on the podcast, I usually like to close out episodes by providing people with a prompt, okay? Some sort of an action step that listeners can put into practice uh, as they go throughout the rest of their week. And so if, I would, if you would give one piece of advice for those listening right now to take into their week, what would that be? Um, so I think the, the biggest, uh, well, I know it's one, but I'm gonna give you two. 
So sorry. Yeah, just I always break the rules. Totally. So uh, totally fine. One is um, look at your values, define them as behaviors, make it super clear to your team what that expectation is, so that they can actually live it out. Um, But two, for anyone listening to this podcast, um, you might not be in a position to make these big changes, right? Well, this sounds great, but I'm I I I lead a team of three, shoved in a basement somewhere. Um, what I have found in my career leading teams of three in basements, literally, um, has been uh, that affect the change where you can affect the change, and it will snowball in the organization. And if it, if it's brighter, better, healthier, more inspiring than the rest of the culture of the organization, and you will you will shift the entire culture of your organization by affecting the change um, that you can make. Uh, around you so that's really good thank you mark thank you for sharing your wisdom with us i seriously look forward to digging back into the book again i'm going to dig into it again and i'm going to do it with the workbook this time and put it to work uh, with my team sounds great thanks for having me i appreciate it it's been a a great conversation yeah enjoy talking to you we'll uh we'll talk again soon All right, well, I threw in a little sound effect there to get your attention before you left. Hey, I hope you enjoyed the conversation with Mark Miller about building a healthy culture. This is such a big topic, which is why Mark and Ted wrote an entire book about it. So be sure to check out their book, Culture Built My Brand. You can find more info at culturebuiltmybrand.com. And if I could leave you with one additional thought, it would be to reiterate the quote from the book that I highlighted in the interview. As a leader... You shape your culture by what you say and do, no matter if you're intentional about it or not. This is so valuable to remember, not just as leaders, but also as individuals in general. Whether you're in a leadership position yet or not, you can and will have either a positive or a negative effect on your company culture. So we have to be aware of how we shape things. Well, that's all I have for you this week. I hope the concept of building a healthy culture was helpful to reflect on. Thank you for joining me. Listen next Monday for a new episode. Until then, you can check out NicoleLucas.me for more leadership resources and insights. You can also email me your leadership questions or thoughts at cclpodcast at NicoleLucas.me. Lastly, don't forget to review, subscribe, and tell your friends. Go be awesome.